Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I am Dory. It's, it's. Christmas time in the city. Silver bells. Shitty sidewalks. <laughs> um, coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hope you're all having a lovely holiday week as we ramp towards the saddest Christmas since that one where they gave everyone smallpox. What 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 one was that? Uh, you know Andrew Jackson, the blankets that were infected with smallpox. Oh, I, I feel like that... that was like a Christmas thing. Oh, was it? <laughs> I feel like, well, they needed blankets. It must have been winter. Right. Ugh. Classic. Classic. You know what I love about Americans. American history? What? It's awful. Yeah, <laughs> it's real bad. But really, really, you bad. know, now is the best time to watch it be bad. Also. 
It's so bad right now. But at least, um, you know, there's a there's a horizon coming. Yeah, brighter skies. Yep. We're pro, we're pro out. we're pro vaccine in this house. Always have been, always will be. Yep. We just like science. We do. It's true. We like things that can be shown to occur with evidence behind it. <laughs> That's all. What about Facebook? Your way of thinking might not be that. I'm not saying it's wrong, but you have yet to prove to me that it's right. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> You know, the CDC issued a recommendation today that um, Americans over 75 and over should be in the next round of vaccinations, uh-huh. which means Avishai Shafrir could be in the next round. Oh, what a what a dream for him. Yep. I'm sure he'll be on the next plane to LA for his beach vacation. That's what he keeps wanting to do. <laughs> he keeps thinking, I'm going to go out there and stay in Santa Monica and, and visit Henry from Santa Monica. <laughs> Uh, parents they just don't understand yep hit it will smith (laughs) someone once told me that anyway anyway i don't know what what else to say what's happening you know what i wanted to tell our listeners anyone that has an up a baby stroller up a baby up a date Yes, there, this is an up-a-date from Up-A-Baby. Yep. <laughs> if it breaks, contact the company. Don't just be like, oh, I guess my stroller's broken. Because our frame broke. <laughs> our frame broke because our son likes to get strapped in and then violently shake it back and forth um, while he's waiting for you to find your keys or your glasses or whatever it is you need to go outside. Because inevitably, you'll never be ready exactly when you slap him into the stroller. Although I feel like for the amount of money that that stroller costs, it should have been able to withstand his shaking. Uh, I don't know. You know? You got to think. Like It also went to New York. Yeah, in, a, in an up-a-baby bag that we bought. That's true. You know? Yeah. But it did break in that bag, remember? I do. And I and but we fixed it. Yeah, I fixed it. Yeah. I took it apart and fixed it. We could have called them been like We could have called them broke. and they sent another frame. Yeah. So what Henry happened? Henry broke was, the weld. Yeah, Henry Henry broke the weld. It so like if you could still use it, but it was extremely rickety. The crossbar, the left crossbar, it's welded to both points, left and right, uh, right by the rear wheels. Closer to the rear than the front. Uh, that was like the right side was just off. Yeah, it was It was literally hanging on by a thread. <laughs> so it was very, I was like, I don't know. I was walking him today, this morning, and uh, I was just like, this is insane. It's like you feel like every time you're going over a curb, it, you feel like the it's just going to topple and like buckle. And then yeah, you have to carry Henry and the remains of the stroller home. So... I finally emailed up a baby and was like, hey, our frame is broken. (laughs) And also our seat was ripped and also the front wheels were like being weird. And so... Hang on, hold that thought one second. You said the wheels were being weird. Yeah, the wheels were being weird. So then they were like, send us photos and video if you have it. So I did. Oh, really? Yeah. And then the customer service person was like, okay, we're sending you a new frame. I'm not supposed to send you a new cover because it's not a manufacturer's defect, but I'm going to anyway. 
and I'm and the the wheels probably just need lube, but I'm sending you new wheels plus some lube. And I was like, cool. But then I was like, wait, so they're not sending us a new stroller, but they're sending us like the major components of a stroller. Uh, I mean, so, essentially, it was the stroller without the back wheels and the basket. And the seat itself, but that like that's all detachable. Yeah, detachable. it was all detachable. There's various like, but the actual, yeah, 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 the actual wheels. Part. So Matt put put the new frame together today. Didn't really do anything except unbutton some stuff. And yep, he unbuttoned some stuff, some stuff and and velcroed some stuff, and then I took it out for a spin this afternoon, and I was like, oh, kind of looking forward to my morning spin now that it will be able to withstand Henry. I'm I'm actually glad that you experienced the previous version <laughs> because I don't think when I told you that the frame was broken, I don't think you really understood what I meant. And well, then I mean, yeah, the length of which I would push that thing would be like I'd get it out to the driveway for you right. or whatever and but it also really went to shit like in the last couple of weeks while you were super busy. Mm. So I feel like you never really experienced it. Anyway, no. it now, it glides like a dream. The The brake that was kind of sticky doesn't stick anymore because it's new. Brake. Oh, the back wheel <laughs> the brake. The back wheel brake. Yeah. It's, just, it's just great. Anyway, moral of the story, just email up a baby. The moral of the story apparently is just do what I wouldn't do. Exactly. Call a manufacturer about something. Be like me, not like Matt. I refuse. Yeah, <laughs> he does. I don't like to return anything. I don't even like to send things back to Amazon. Well, we don't have to return the frame. They said just throw it out. Oh, I mean, what are they going to do with a broken frame? Exactly. They're saving them the hassle. That's true. Wait a second. <laughs> Let's send it back to them. Okay, here's some hassle. <laughs> People who are good at customer service. Um. <sighs> That's the biggest development this week, everybody, is the stroller's fixed. This is sort of what happens to your lives. I know a lot of you listening to this are like, I don't want a baby. I'm just listening to the show. And to you out there, I say, God bless. Because <laughs> <laughs> at some point, your life, if you're if you're fortunate enough to have IVF actually work, your life just becomes the most interesting thing that happened this week was that the stroller is fixed. I mean, we're also in a global pandemic. Yeah, but I don't that wouldn't have like changed my week at all. It would have changed my week. If yeah, we weren't in a global week, pandemic, sure. that like, would not have been the most interesting thing that, that happened. That would still be the most interesting thing that happened to me. Okay. I'm just saying. Well, you also are working a lot. Yeah, I know. So So I don't know. You're welcome. Anyway. Um, also, we are taking next week off. Just FYI, everyone. <laughs> it's it's almost like, why? Because you wanted to? Yeah. But that was before. <laughs> that was when I, that was the before times. BC, before COVID. Mm. No, it wasn't. You made a big stink about it like a couple months ago. Oh, that we hadn't taken Christmas off? Yeah. I like to take the Christmas week off because I like to not feel like I have anything to do. Right. But the ironic thing is, of course, I have uh, three Star Trek podcasts to do in the next two days. Well, we also have Patreon episodes to do. 
the ironic thing is I have five podcasts to do on the week I don't have to do podcasts. But the one that you don't have to do Jesus is ours. Christ. So uh. you will not hear our dulcet tones next Monday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, depending on where you are in the world. Um, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you will hear us. Boy, oh boy, it'll be a Christmas rundown. Yep. You'll get, you'll get I the... I have so not done any shopping. That's not true. Uh, there have been boxes that have come to the house. Yeah, but like two things. Mm. Are you doing Henry stocking stuffers? I'm not doing any stocking, anything. It's a pandemic. You don't want Santa's grubby paws. I know that Fauci gave him the COVID vaccine. He went to the North Pole. Oh, Santa got it? Yeah. Oh. Dr. Fauci went up and gave it to him himself. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good news. So I know he's not going to have the COVID. Right. What about Mrs. Claus? Uh, you know, they're really good at isolating up there anyway. Wait, what about the elves? They're essential workers. They're low-wage essential workers. The elves are, they don't leave the North Pole. The North Pole is COVID-free. Well, then Santa why? was given the Oh, I see, because he he's coming. And he goes to everybody's house. Mm, Okay. You are the worst at Christmas. You don't even understand global pandemics and Santa. It's very simple. Okay, but how do you know that when Santa's gone, the elves aren't like, see ya, and they go and cavort in like Italy? In Italy? I don't know. Just a random place. Who knows? Maybe they're busy. What are they doing? Prepping for next year? Yeah. Oh, okay. She does not know how Christmas works, everybody. I'm a Jew. So was Jesus. The whole day's about him. Yeah, but he didn't celebrate Christmas because he was dead. He celebrated it 33 times. No, he didn't. Until he was killed. He had a birthday party, I'm sure. Doubtful. I was, he probably like was like, hey, watch this water. Boom, it's wine. Party. On his birthday? I doubt it. Every uh, year? Every year on his birthday. You don't think that uh, birthdays were a thing? Not for Jesus. What about, it is, it's called Christmas. But anyway, birthdays weren't a thing, you know what I I don't know. I don't think people like necessarily knew when they were born. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. I'm just asking. Uh, and that's my, that's my theory. I'm sure there's like some sociologist out there who has studied this and is like, well, Wait, birthdays hold first on. came to prominence. Can we go back to in stockings? Victorian England. So you don't want to do stockings? Because uh, you don't. Going, where, where, how are we gonna get anything? Well, this is what I'm asking. You don't. You don't tell me. Other than Santa. Other than Santa. Yeah. Bringing stuff, you mean? Yeah. But you don't want him to. But you want him to leave presents under the tree. You don't want his. You just don't want his hands in the stockings. Yeah, because like the wrapping, as long as it's wrapped up. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. I haven't. Honest to God, I have given almost no thought to Christmas. Okay. I'm in one of those year moods where I'd be like, I don't care, really. Okay. Except you do. I don't, though. But you do. But I don't. But... Like, Henry's too young to understand it. Mm-hmm. And that's the the fun of it is that. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, you know. Plus, well, I'm like, I don't even understand, like, when when is he supposed to know what Santa Claus is? Like, I don't even understand. Honey, I don't know. I'm not even like into Santa Claus, so you're going to have to handle Santa Claus. You're not even into him. It's like not a thing for me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, how, do, how does that get, how does that get drilled into a kid's brain? Like, I don't even remember how it just, how I just was like, I'm I don't aware know. of it now. 
I, I, I don't know. I did not grow up believing in Santa Claus. Was it a miracle at 34th Street? But you do now. Well, yeah. Duh. Because of Dr. Fauci. Well, I mean, look. If you're going to believe anybody, I'd believe that guy. Exactly. Any, any who? Um, Christmas. Yeah. I don't know. I am going to make overnight French toast, though. She is. There's three of us here, everybody. <laughs> There's been three of us here. There will always be three of us here. Mm. Bo, you count, but but not for not the purposes for the of toast. overnight French toast. <laughs> oh, and I'm also going to make a lasagna yeah. for Christmas Eve. This I don't understand. Why? I don't know. I want seven fishes. You didn't even do Feast of the Seven Fishes. No, I didn't. That would be silly. <laughs> Come on. I remember having this conversation with you because I'd gone to one once. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which was your favorite? The Gefilte? I don't remember. The Branzino. I just remember being very impressed with the whole to-do. Mm-hmm. Christmas is a big to-do for many a culture. But I thought Feast of the Seven Fishes it's was Italian, Italian it so is, I was confused why you didn't do it. What do you mean? Because you're part Italian. Yeah. I'm like, what about it? But why did, So why didn't your family do it? Why wasn't it a part of your family's I, thing? Look, I don't know. That was really up to Regina Pinocchio. I don't know. What, That's I what I'm know. wondering. I'm wondering, was it, was, was it like a regional thing? It's probably. Maybe she was like Nepalese or something. And I don't know. Nepalese? From Nepal. What? <laughs> What was, I, what was the Napolitano? word? Napolitano? That's what I was looking for. <laughs> but then all of my Everest, <laughs> my Everest flooded back into my head. Uh, From Napoli. I don't know. Naples. Florida. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a break. What is happening? I don't know. I don't think we should ever take a break. I think from now on, we'll be right back. 
anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know those, like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back. We are back. Still no clarification on the Feast of the Seven Fishes. No. And why we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Mary will tell us. Yes. She'll probably be like, we did do it. <laughs> you just don't remember. <laughs> My father hated fish. <laughs> so Nana never made it. <laughs> She'd always make lasagna and sausage and meatballs. I mean, maybe that's why. Maybe no one in your family liked fish. <laughs> I mean, that's, it could honestly be as simple as that. Well, we'll let you know. We will in the new year, in two weeks. <laughs> All right, listen. If, or if you, you're in the Patreon, yeah, you'll know sooner. You will. Um, you can let us know about your Christmas or whatever you may celebrate at dorianmatt at gmail dot com or mattanddoriagmail dot com, and you can call us at four one three four six one baby. You can also email us a voice memo. To those emails. Oh, and you can text us at that at that um, number. Mm-hmm. And uh, we four, do have three, a, four, six, one, baby. We do have a Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure. And if you want to get in on that Patreon, which why wouldn't you? It's at patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the emails, yeah, we got a very heartfelt request mm-hmm. from a gentleman named Tim mm-hmm. who asked us if we would be so kind as to wish his dear wife, Melanie, happy holidays. Melanie, what, uh, did you ever have the Feast of the Seven Fishes? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> what is, do, you, do you know Melanie's last name? 
Can I, or do we say it? Um, are, we, are we just saying Melanie will know? Well, they're from Bow, New Hampshire. Okay. I, that, 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 that's a great name. Melanie, Mel listened to Excellent Adventure since the beginning. Mel, I'm so sorry. And she knows, he knows for a fact that it helped her because she had two miscarriages before they conceived their two-year-old son, Patrick, and they have another on the way. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. So... What's happening up there? You guys get slammed by that that nor'easta that just went through. I think, I think it's stuck um, towards. Uh, I think it's stuck south. Binghamton, New York, got three feet of snow. Binghamton. It's a it's a college. Yep. Is it there? SUNY Binghamton. Mm, I see. Mm-hmm. Yep, upstate New okay. York. Okay. All right, let's move what on. Copac. Did Copac get slammed? <laughs> I don't know. All right, this is from Anonymous. They got so much snow out there. They had to gas up the snowblower. I've been listening to your podcast since late 2018. Shh, I'm still talking to Mel. Oh. Mel, how close is that to Nashua? Okay. Not that close. All right. May I continue? Anyway, happy holidays, Mel. All right. I had just undergone my first egg retrieval after three failed IUIs and three and a half years of trying and treatment of the frustrating non-diagnosis of unexplained infertility. I'd fallen into a deep depression, of course, circumstantial, but also very chemical and was desperate for support. I was never a podcast listener, but I randomly decided to search for one that might offer me some comfort. And I found you guys. I binge listened to every episode over the course of several months and I've been listening weekly since then. I can't thank you enough for putting your story out there. And that's coming from someone who found it very difficult to talk about mine. My husband and I were lucky enough to have a successful first round of IVF, two PGS normal embryos, the first of which was transferred in January 2019. I, I think Bo needs to go in the house. Okay. This is his. Go, go do that. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm going to keep reading. Our beautiful girl was born in September 2019. Fast forward one year, we decided to transfer our second and last PGS normal embryo. I'm now 13 and a half weeks pregnant with our second girl, which brings me to the reason why I felt compelled to write in. At our first ultrasound yesterday, we were informed that the baby has increased nuchal translucency. You can imagine how blindsided we were, perhaps naively so, but this embryo has had been tested for chromosomal abnormalities and increased NT is typically a marker for chromosomal abnormalities and heart defects, among other things. The measurement came in at 3.8 millimeters. Anything greater than three, according to the doctor who spoke with us, is considered abnormal. I'm in a pretty bad place right now waiting to get on a Zoom call with a genetic counselor who can give us some more insight into what could be going on, what comes next, etc. I feel paralyzed, so many emotions, but I'm hoping that you can send out the increased NT signal to the community. If anyone has experienced this after successfully transferring a PGS normal embryo, I'd be so grateful to hear about your experience and outcome, if for nothing more than to feel less alone. Again, Thank you for all you have done and continue to do for those of us who are struggling with this BS. You make a difference, and I am grateful. Uh, other side, honey. Dory went for her water on the wrong side. The low NTS. Thanks for giving out. everyone a play-by-play. I needed to. That's so, how you. That's how you make good podcasts. So I did a little research into this. Yes. And I came across a Swedish study. Mm-hmm. of increased nuchal translucency. And first of all, they defined um, increased nuchal translucency as over 3.5, not over 3. So it's possible that since this study, the, the 
you know, the standards have changed or they're different in Sweden or whatever, but just want to put that out there. Um, and they said the overall risk for an adverse pregnancy outcome with an NT greater than 3.5 and normal karyotype was 25.9%, indicating an overall chance of a favorable outcome of 74.1%. However, the risk of an adverse outcome increased with increasing NT from 14% in the lowest group, and that's 3.5 to 4.4, which is what you are in, Anonymous, to 62% in the group where NT was greater than 6.5. Of the live births in the lowest group, 3% were born with a structural defect. So I think you need more information. I think they will, if I had to guess, I think they will do an amnio. Um, and you might do another ultrasound to check to see what's going on. But I also defer to people who actually know these things. But I just, I, I mention this to say that I don't think that it is necessarily, you know, um, you know, an adverse outcome, as they put it. Um, Well, now it's 14%. Yeah. And then 3% of that 14%. No. 3% of the 86%. Correct. There you go. So. That's what I meant. So, so I think you need more information. We're thinking of you, and hopefully some listeners can also provide some insight. Put the signal out. It's out. It's out. All right, Anonymous wrote in again. Hi there, different Anonymous. Sending out a thin lining signal. Here's the background. I had my first science baby in a similar way to you, Dory, induced at 39 weeks, then two and a half days of labor followed by a C-section. About a month after that, I had to have a DNC for a retained placenta. This past June, I went in to check everything in preparation to transfer our one remaining embryo. They found a significant amount of scarring from the DNC that required a hysteroscopy to remove all of the scar tissue. It was worse than they even expected, so much so that they that my doctor said they were excited that they had some students in the operating room to see it. I go to a teaching practice. But everything went off without a hitch, and I healed just fine. The problem now is my lining. I've been through numerous canceled cycles now because it is too thin. I've not had any problems with my lining previously. Some Googling showed that this can sometimes be caused by a traumatic surgery. What's not clear to me is, is this a real thing that it could be caused by the surgery? And two, has anyone been successful in overcoming a trauma-induced thin lining? So far, we've tried estrogen pills and patches, natural cycles, and gonal F. My next protocol is estrogen patches with Viagra suppositories, which I've read in the Facebook group that many women have had success with, so fingers crossed. By the way, how messed up is it that insurance covers Viagra for men to have sex, but not for women to have a baby? Insane world we live in. Thanks to anyone who can weigh in on this and to you guys for this podcast and creating this community for all of us. Anonymous in 3,400 square feet in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. With my husband, two-year-old science baby, and a cat. 3,400 square feet is a lot of space to put hot dogs. Great point. So it's up to the listener to imagine how many hot dogs they had. Um... I'll tell you why Viagra's covered for men but not women. The the misogyny. Thank you. The end. (laughs) It's true. 
Uh, let's make the rules, guys. What should we do? Uh, should we cover it? Eh, for us. Ah, yeah. And they high five through cigar smoke. I mean, where's the lie, as they say? I don't know. <sighs> All right. Let's hear a, the thin lining signal has gone out. Thank you so much. That's two signals. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's we have another like the laser that I was <laughs> showing Henry. Uh, he wa- it was like watching a cat. It was very much like he just really could not conceptually process that the laser line was not tangible. Yeah, pretty wild. It was very funny. I mean, why would he think it was tangible? You know what I mean? Uh, why wouldn't he? Like, why it? would he? Like, yeah, why Why wouldn't he? He doesn't know what a laser is. No, he. I mean, I was explaining it to him. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was explaining the focal the focal point of the beam. Uh-huh. I'll use a, a flashlight next time and I'll illustrate. Okay. Phew. He'll be into it. Thank God. But, you know, he understood that I could turn it off and on. Right. And where it was coming from. Uh-huh. Because I showed him it moving and... I really think I think we figured it out. <laughs> All right. We have another signal to go out. Do you want to read this email from Jess? Jess says, Dear Dory and Matt, I have a one-year-old, and we're planning on trying... On, uh, sorry. And we're planning to start trying for a second this spring slash summer. Our plan is to do a third retrieval in a few months, and so we are ready with plenty of embryos when we start doing transfers. It took four transfers and five embryos to get my son, two untested, three PGS normal. We have one untested and one normal embryo left, but they are the worst quality for each round. Excuse me. However, after hearing uh, from so many who are struggling with what to do with the embryos they left over, I'm not sure we should do a retrieval before doing transfers. But I also don't want to start doing transfers and then get held up by needing to do a retrieval. I'd also like to hear from others on their experiences from trying for a second. Was it easier or harder mentally? Were you successful sooner or later or never? I'm hopeful that all my RE has already learned about us will help uh, things go smoother this time. I'd like to think that since we have my son, we'd be more okay with not being successful this time around, but... I'm sure my mental state will change once we're back in the trenches. Thanks. That's from Jess. 2K square feet, Minnesota. Science baby, husband, golden retriever. And that retriever eats one hot dog per month. Wow. Bo would probably eat like 50 hot dogs per month. Bo is a hot dog champion. Yeah. He really is. Um, All right. Well, the second child third signal the third signal second child for the second child um third signal for the second child of the fifth tra- first retrieval wow that's a lot of math that also sounds like a, a, a indiana jones clue oh to the holy grail or kind of does well all right or like an old lucas arts indiana jones off-brand game you know sure sure, sure. indiana jones and the Last retrieval. Light of the fifth retrieval. (laughs) All right. Well, let's take another break. 
Dr. Jones. That's right. Jill Biden can also be doctor. <laughs> Dumb idiots. <laughs> it's not like he was an MD. Alrighty. Not like not like short round was saying, no time for love, Mr. Jones. It was Dr. Jones is the line. Oh okay. No time for love, Dr. Jones. Alrighty. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, everyone. We're back. We are. Hi, everyone. Update. Bo is finally in the house. He went. Finally. He let somehow, himself in and then he tucked himself in. Somehow there's a pillow on top of him. <laughs> all you can see is his, his giant head. <laughs> <laughs> on a love seat. Uh, it's very strange. He's a weird he's a weird boy. He likes to burrow. He does. He likes to burrow. Um and he's a very he uses pillows like a human. Yeah, he like rests his head on a pillow. Like mm-hmm. you would rest your head on a pillow. Yeah. It's also funny like when I have my arm up on the uh, other seat on the on the passenger seat when I'm driving into the chateau. Mm-hmm. He'll just put his head on my arm. Like Aww. yeah, like a like a like a doof. <laughs> He's a big doof. He is. All right. This next email is from E J. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. I've been a long time listener since the beginning, and although I've thought about writing in a few times over the years, I was finally motivated to do so by the recent P prom signal that went out. This past spring, I was pregnant with science baby number two. The pregnancy had been perfect at that point. I wasn't expecting complications, especially since two years earlier, I went full term with science baby number one. But then in my 23rd week with no explanation, my water broke. Whoa. P-prom. I was not prepared for when the hospital told me I had to stay there on bed rest until the baby came. I felt fine. The baby was fine. My OB said that she would not let me go until that. No, sorry. My OB said that she would let me go until 34 weeks if I could make it. I was so sure that I would. Long story short, I did not make it. I was in the hospital for two and a half weeks. When an infection sent me into labor and into an emergency C-section under general anesthesia, our baby was born at 26 weeks and weighed two pounds, four ounces and taken straight to the NICU. While on bed rest, I didn't find many resources on P-Prom, despite spending a lot of time Googling things like how long can you stay pregnant after your water breaks? It's just so unpredictable to the listener. As many questions as you want, ask many, ask as many questions as you want to your doctors and nurses, but be prepared for a lot of, I don't know answers. My doctor told me that IVF pregnancies are at higher risk for P-PROM, but that they don't know why. Another doctor told me studies show that giving antibiotics past the first week do not improve chances of remaining pregnant. That's about all the info I got. I don't know about the listener, but while on bed rest, I also had regular visits from the neonatologist to discuss statistics, options, and what the typical course of treatment in the NICU would be for a baby born at different weeks gestation. Ask them as many questions as you can to but know that no one really knows what your baby's NICU experience will be like until they are born and they know what you're up against. I joined some NICU groups on Facebook to read others' experiences, which did help. 
The Nikki Road was a long one and worthy of a completely other discussion in and of itself. Suffice to say, we were very lucky, and after 103 days in the NICU, just short of 15 weeks, our baby boy came home and is healthy and thriving and experiencing so far no long-term complications as a result Excuse me, as a result of his early delivery or a long hospital stay. The doctors, nurses, and respiratory therapists in the NICU literally work miracles. While you're in the hospital on bed rest, celebrate every day that you are still there and still pregnant. I didn't fully appreciate it at the time when people would say that to me, but it really is true. Your baby will do much better going inside you and every day counts. One last thing I'll mention, when your baby is born so early, they're not able to nurse. So if you want to, prov- if you want to provide breast milk for your baby, even if you want to nurse several weeks down the road when they're able, you need to be prepared to exclusively pump for a while. Spend time researching about that beforehand. There are, there are loads of Instagram and YouTube content about that and how to be successful. And she suggests Mama Leah on YouTube and pump underscore mama, M-O-M-M-A underscore pump on Instagram at be my breast friend and at exclusive underscore pumping on Instagram. Best of luck to the listener. Being in the hospital with the prospect of such an early delivery is scary, but remember, this is not your medical team's first rodeo. Ask questions, stay busy, celebrate everything. Buckle up for a possibly long road. Don't be afraid to feel all the feels as you go. Reach out for help when you need it, and don't feel like you always have to wear your strong face. Good luck, EJ. Living on the central coast of California in 1,700 square feet with a husband and two science babies, two and a half years old and eight months, have eaten zero hot dogs in this year. But husband eats them fairly regularly. San Luis Obispo. No, that's just center of California. No, that's that's Central Coast. Oh, it's on the coast. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. It's on the coast. I just know what's in the between us. It's it's pretty there. Yep, I live there. No, you didn't. Yes, I do. What? In you live there now. Square feet. <laughs> what? I have a second family. Oh no! I like hot dogs. Oh boy! <laughs> Are you this woman's husband? Yes. Oh boy. Um, all right, and then Madison wrote in to recommend two books about the NICU experience, and she said they really made her feel less, much less alone, and they're also very informative, but she also says she recommends them only for those who are on the other side of their NICU journey, and they, they could pos- potentially be upsetting to those who are anticipating or currently in a NICU stay, so word to the wise. Um First one is called What We Didn't Expect, Personal Stories About Premature Birth, edited by Melody Schreiber, and Early, An Intimate History of Premature Birth and What It Teaches Us About Being Human by Sarah DiGregoria. Um, So those are two recommendations. I love this resource-filled episode. I know. Like you You got studies from Sweden. Yeah. You have book records. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You have firsthand accounts. Yep. And uh, you've got a son who doesn't understand lasers yet. <laughs> and do you want to take the next email? He will. Don't you worry, everyone. Okay. We're going to use a laser to prove that the earth is flat. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, for the record, I'm kidding. And uh, if you think the earth is flat, stop listening to the show thanks so much okay uh which would this would be the uh pause the pod yep just paused the pod from a couple of weeks ago 
uh, for the listener asking about what to give her pregnant family member, Dory. So glad to hear you mention pregnancy gifts. While I think the listener and her mom have good intentions, it's so important to think of the pregnant loved one for the holidays instead of buying for the child that is yet to arrive. Some ideas that came to mind. Ready? Here we go. I'm ready. Heating pad for aches and pains. Non-smelly lotion for drying skin. Other pampering things like soaks, bath bombs, while she can still enjoy a bath. Large, single-handed, operational water bottle. Maternity clothes that she might not want to spend the money on herself, especially winter gear that may not get used again. Gift cards for meals and groceries are always welcome. And any other things that help remind her that she's still a person and not just an incubator. Not my term, just one commonly used when this topic comes up in my bumper groups. Beth Nance from Providence, but ship it up to Boston. Most likely a suburb in the near future. Wow. No hot dogs this year. Partly because I was pregnant in the first half, but mostly because we found out how little protein hot dogs contain. <laughs> and there was no Fenway, so no Franks. Hmm. These are uh, more resources. These are great suggestions. Oh, no. What good news, guys. I, I, did, I hit a button, but I didn't hit the button I thought I hit. Oh, boy. There we go. All right. Are we equipped to hear a voicemail? Go ahead. All righty. Swing away, Merle. Okay. That's from the movie Signs. Sorry. Okay. Hey, Matt and Dory and Bo and Henry. It's Ron from Karen Crow, Louisiana. <laughs> I was calling in for your caller that was uh, moving <clears throat> to, I don't remember where she said she was, oh, Colorado. Uh, with a baby during a pandemic in the next six months. And I actually have some advice on this. We moved last year in January with our eight kids, and the youngest three were uh, one, two, and uh, two and a half months. And the thing that we regret the most was we did not budget in to have some, a moving company come in and just pick up the boxes and disassemble the large furniture and put it in the rooms in the new house and do all that stuff. There are companies that do that. My best advice is budget in your move to do that because you don't have to then worry about all the craziness of wrangling a baby while you try to load boxes or things of that nature. Uh, the other thing I would suggest is to get rid of as much large stuff and just buy, you know, new, like, washer, dryer, fridge, that kind of stuff. Uh, that way, another thing you don't have to worry about doing, you can shop for all of that online. And the safest thing to do is follow that moving truck in your vehicles with the baby. You may have to make frequent stops. You may have to leave a day before the moving truck and get a hotel for the evening. Uh, there are plenty of places that are COVID safe. My wife and older kids have gone and traveled and done some things during the pandemic and were able to stay safe. But uh, that's the best advice I can give. And we are in 2,300 and some change square feet, uh, five beds, three baths, eight kids, <laughs> dog, cat, two adults. And we bought a hot dog roller roaster thing off of Amazon for like $25 <laughs> at the beginning of the year. So I lost count of how many hot dogs we've eaten because the kids think it's cool to watch the hot dogs spin. 
probably I do between too. 50 and 100 at this point. So <laughs> you'll have a wonderful wow. Well, eight kids. That's true. I wonder if we are encouraging hot dog consumption among our listeners. Well, if so, I'd love the people at, at, at KM Natural Casing Hot Dogs to uh, send us a thank you. I agree. I would too. Um, I do just want to point out, thank you, Ron, for these helpful tips, but I do just want to point out that COVID regulations are different in pretty much every state. And right now in California, um, only essential workers are supposed to be staying in hotels. What? Where did that come from? He said the thing about you could stay overnight in a hotel. And then he he said that his wife had stayed in a hotel. I see what you're saying. And I'm just saying that it yes. might not be possible to in stay Colorado, in Colorado. Who knows? Yeah. So I'm just saying, pay attention to your. I thought someone was like telling us to stay in a hotel. No, 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 no. I bet people are though. That's all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Um, all right. This is from anonymous. Okay. Hey guys, I had to send an email in response to the listener who asked if a book etiquette was even a thing with babies. It definitely was and is in our house. I worked at a bookstore for seven years and from day one decided that books were in a different category and had to be treated differently. Toys could be chewed on and banged up, but I never let our baby and now almost two-year-old chew on books or treat them roughly. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of books with teeth marks in them. And when there's a mishap and she breaks the spine in one swift motion, I cringe for days. And I've also taped more flaps and pages than I can count. But we still teach her to treat books gently and tell her that they're not toys. Same with electronic toys. Hey, don't bang that, please. You'll break it. That may seem a bit extreme to some, but like Dory said, I feel strongly about it. She pretty much has free reign with her board books because they can handle it. And she always brings them over to us to read or just flips pages. But when it comes to the books with the real pages that tear easily, I end up holding them and reading them to her instead of letting her tear the pages accidentally. Once she's old enough to turn real pages without tearing them easily, then I'll hand them over. However, I found that I have a hard time determining how I think she should treat some of her toys. Like, it doesn't really hurt anything to randomly throw a single Lego, but what's the purpose of that? Legos are not supposed to be thrown, right? But it's not horrible either, though, right? I'm also struggling with the nuance of maybe it's not a big deal if she throws a Lego because it's funny. When she's mad or frustrated or angry at us, and it's not an appropriate time to throw that Lego, right? We have a bunch of balls around the house and teaching her that some balls are okay to throw around the house, light, soft, stuffed ball, but some of her balls are not, like the sort of heavy one that is filled with water, glitter, and a light-up thing and could hurt someone or break something if she threw it. Sigh, nuance with a toddler. I don't know what I'm doing most days anyway. Black and white is easy, but all of the gray is driving me nuts. Starting to think about what they would allow or discourage in preschool and kind of go with that. Teaching civility to a toddler is a whole new world. Good luck. I mean, there is no civility. Yeah, they don't understand civility. He, I mean, Henry now has figured out that he has a very high pitch yell. Um, that he likes to use all the time. Um... Mostly when he's not getting what he wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's like just trying to find something that he can have that he might not know he wanted yet. Um, he also likes to bite still. Yeah, I mean, the biting is when he's excited. And I feel like it has gotten better. Yeah, I mean, he's had my nose in his mouth 
like 10 times this past week, but not actually bitten. That is, that is huge progress. Well, I say it immediately. Yeah. I don't like, I don't pull away. Mm -hmm. I let him sort of know that I, that he should not bite me Mm -hmm. and see what he does. I mean, of course this is going to end up with me not having a nose. I don't think so. Um, yeah, you know, I we don't we don't read books with real pages to Henry. Yeah, we don't read. We don't read. No, we we read to him a lot, but we only read board books. Um, like, yes, that's true. Pretty much for that reason, like he, I've attempted to read regular books, and even if I'm reading the book, he still like leans over and tries to like rip the pages. Um, so, you know, regular page books, we'll just have to wait and that's fine. I I try to like meet him where he is. Like, I don't think it's realistic for, for him, for, for me to, you know, I don't know. Weirdly where he is, is almost always pantsless. (laughs) He, he, he does not like to wear pants. It's true. He also likes to stand on his head and put his butt in the air. He does. He really likes to moon you. Yeah. You meaning one. He likes to he likes to moon. <laughs> he also likes looking at his poop. He does. Yeah, seeing it in the diaper. Yeah. It's fascinating to him. Yeah. Which, you know, I get it. Well, it's because he was he's been obsessed with Bo's poop for like the longest time, and I think it blew his mind that that was also in his diaper. <laughs> uh, that's funny that's that's what i think was going on is that he was like wait a second you mean i make that too he does he, he was it also i would say it was it's very funny to see him like give the slow grin yeah when he sees his poop <laughs> yeah He's like, is it okay to like this? Yeah. It's funny. And then he, he calls he calls poop B. Yeah. And then he goes B, B, B when he sees the poop. It's very cute. He's very talented. <laughs> He's really, yeah. <laughs> He's really one of the brightest boys I know. <laughs> At least when it comes to poop. <laughs> um, all right. This is for the overnight French toast portion of the pod. I have an awesome hack. Use any recipe you find, but instead of plain bread, use something flavored. I usually use store-bought cinnamon raisin, raisin bread. bread. That was You said that's so weird. Cinnamon. Uh, because it was like the, raisin end, bread. the end of a page. But maybe you could use one of your homemade challah loaves, Dory, or go all out and make cinnamon raisin challah to French toastify. These are all great ideas. I did buy a loaf of brioche the because... The gone. I don't know. The challah is, is... Until Dory's book... Is finished. I can't think she about is baking. On a hiatus. Oh boy! But <laughs> that was funny. It wasn't supposed to. But be. also, it was real. So dumb. It was real. <laughs> um, thank you for that. For that tip. All right. Voicemail. Hey, Matt and Dory. Just here for the hot dogs. I'm kidding. Um, but I do want to talk about hot dogs, uh, Matt. So my partner is a wonderful man in many ways. But one of the greatest things that he has given to our family is uh, the recipe edition of when you make mac and cheese, even simple Annie's mac and cheese, craft mac and cheese, pick your mac and cheese, cut up 
ahead of time, take a hot dog, fry it in a pan for a couple minutes, put it in the mac and cheese. He has also uh, brought the innovation of taking our beloved crescent rolls, cutting up a hot dog, wrapping them in crescent rolls, making pigs in a blanket that way. And we get our hot dogs from Costco. So we get the Kirkland brand hot dogs that come in three big packs all attached mm-hmm. together. And the bonus of getting your hot dogs from Costco is that you can buy a Costco hot dog at the food court while you are taking other hot dogs home. <laughs> and that's your hot dog update. That is a Have hot a dog day. loophole. Bye. I like it. Uh, so I found one type of hot dog I like out here. It's only sold at Sprouts. Um, and it has pork in it. It's a wiener. Um, and they, they remember when I, when you would go over there and I'd be like, do they have this? I do remember like, this. They don't. And I'd be like, <sighs> like you could only, cause get I would it buy there. it. I would like buy four packs of them. And I, I would see them because they were the only fucking thing in Los Angeles that made a good hot dog or had a good hot dog. Right. Well, anyway, glad you got that off your chest. Thank you for enjoying hot dog talk. Uh, well, then we got a text from Stacy, who was a first time texter. She said, "Just wanted to say I had to go out and buy hot dogs after listening to people talking about them. I can't stop thinking about them. Big hot dogs. About four hot dogs a year, but this year we will bump that up to six. <laughs> wow, That's very funny. It was like a favorite low carb treat treat of mine. I would uh, do like three or four hot dogs." slice it up mustard in a bowl that's right oh yeah the, the, I remember when you were big on those yeah I was also much smaller <laughs> <laughs> the nitrates don't worry about them okay alright bye um, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show thank you all so much for listening happy holidays to those of you who celebrate Happy New Year. We're not going to talk Merry to you Christmas again. Merry Christmas to those of you who celebrate. We're not going to talk Christmas, to you. Christmas, much like we said Happy Hanukkah to all of our Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Summer. If you if you're just celebrating winter solstice, Happy Winter Winter Solstice. And Happy New Year cuz we're not going to talk to them before the new year. I am just here as a part of the war on Christmas. What? Yep. You love Christmas. Watch out libs. Oh no. You're I'm trying to own the libs. I'm owning them right now by saying Merry Christmas. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Merry Christmas. All right. So just a reminder, you can support us on Patreon if you're worried that you're going to miss us next week. And you'll get two bon- up to two bonus episodes per month at patreon.com forward slash Adventure. And you also get your name read on the podcast each month if you support us at the $5 level or above. And you get the whole back catalog of Patreon episodes once you subscribe, which is quite an extensive catalog, if I do say so myself. Yeah. I mean, just uh, a yeah, favorite episode of mine when Greg Watchern called in and we talked about the uh, Tato Park, the yeah. Irish potato theme park. That was a, that was a classic. <laughs> anyway, Greg thanks. hasn't called us in a while. I know. He's got, he's got, he's got quarantine to do. I guess he's busy. Uh, thank you to SJV. Tanya Kershenman. The Holterman Clan. The Kembles. Tracy Jury. Whitney Hoffman. Wolf Fox. Amanda Schramm. Anon. Anonymous. Anonymous in Brooklyn. Ainsley. Bradley Johnson. Brian Gusky. Cheryl Quick. Christina. Claire Dealey. Clara Plausha. Crescent Martin. Danielle Nusiforo. Deanna McLean. Elena Paling. Eliza. Freya. Gita Drury. Jane Ennis. Jennifer T. Brennan. Jenny Fick. Jesse Carroll. 
Janan H. Joanna Reinwald. Caitlin Donahoe. Kaylee Hendrickson. Karen Perelman. Katie Allen. Katie Lucy. Carrie L. Kristen Anderson. Christine Kelly. Laura Bennett. Laura Madge. Lauren Schultz. Lisa Bove. Lynn Nugent. Madeline McCarthy. Mara Fass. Maria Bishop. Marina Breed. Mary Messick. Mary Myra. Melanie Bronbeck. Michelle Chudzinski. Nancy Olson. Nicola Hill. Nicholas Gidmore. Nicole Mustafa. Narantha Belagopal. Olga Zilstra. Rachel Kuzma. Rebecca Dowson. Rob Bean. Samantha. Rob Bine. Sean Amandel. Sir Reginald Pennybottom. Remember when he used to call us? Sir Reginald Pennybottom? Vaguely. <laughs> Sir Reginald Pennybottom, I believe, is also in the Star Trek Patreon. Mm. Susanna Perez. And Wendy Fick. Thank you all so much, Mary Meyer. Don't forget. Why? No fishes. All right. Bye, everyone. Talk to you in 2021.